the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. And welcome again to Bob Bernie Live. That is, unless you just join me, and then I would just say, Welcome. It's the five o'clock hour. And my telephone number is 877 Bob Live. And uh, since we're in the month of February, we do not have to close out the program early. Nope, we can go uh, till 6 o'clock, unlike November, December, and January when we uh, signed off at 5.30. We have our full broadcast day back for this program. Uh, WRFD still signs off a little early, but we have our full program. Again, my number, 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483. Apostasy and heresy continues to be a hallmark of mainline Protestant denominational churches, not just here in America, but around the world as well. And as these churches drift farther and farther away from biblical authority, biblical truth, the inerrancy of Scripture, the farther they drift away from that, And the farther left they swing theologically, the more they die. Now, that is not even debatable. You can't debate that. Because it is absolutely true. Um, The more liberal they become, the more people they lose, the more churches they lose, the more money they lose. Uh, In in every uh, measurable way, they decline. And they continue to go farther and farther to the left, and they continue to lose more and more churches, people, finances, and so forth. You would think that there would be an awakening, like the children of Israel in the Old Testament. If you have read all the way through the Old Testament, you notice an undeniable pattern. God's people, the nation of Israel, serving God, praising God. You know, they, um, uh, they've been delivered from Egypt. Isn't it wonderful? They've been slaves for 450 years. God came down, delivered them. Uh, God even parted the Red Sea for them destroyed the entire Egyptian army so the army could never uh, bother them again. Just miracle after miracle, deliverance after deliverance. 
And it's not long at all before they get a little impatient with God. Moses goes to the top of the mountain to commune with God on their behalf. They were the ones that would benefit by that time that Moses spent on top of the mount. He was up there representing them, and God was going to communicate directly to the children of Israel through Moses, but they got impatient. We don't know what happened to him. And so they take off their gold earrings and bracelets and rings and give it to Aaron and say, we need a God. Uh, The God of Moses has failed us. We don't know where he is. And uh, we're impatient. And uh, so, so Aaron takes all the gold, makes this gold calf, and I love it. Don't tell me the Bible doesn't have humor. When Moses confronts Aaron about the golden calf, this idol, this pagan object of worship, Aaron says, well, the, uh, the, the people, it's not my fault. The people gave me all this gold, and, and I threw it in the fire, and poof, out pops this calf. I have no idea how it happened. <laughs> and uh, God brings judgment upon them. And the judgment gets so bad that God's people finally say, you know what? This really isn't good. We really liked it better when we were obeying God and God was blessing us than when we were disobeying God and God was judging us. So why don't we repent? And they repent. They fall on their knees, and they repent, and they return to God, and God is merciful and loving, and then they do it again. They obey God, they serve God for a time, and then they decide, you know, things are really good, we don't need God, and they go off after this strange God, and that strange God, and the God of these people, and these people, and then God brings down judgment again upon them. And that goes on for a length of time until God's people finally say, Oh, you know what? This isn't good. We lost God's blessing. And most of you know that's what Second Chronicles 7.14 is all about. Right after the dedication of the temple that Solomon built, there's seven days of wonderful worship and praise And God comes to Solomon and says, uh, you know, this is really great, but it's not going to last because I know him. And uh, they're going to do it again. They're they're going to rebel against me again. And I'm going to be forced to bring famine and drought and enemies upon them. And when that happens, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, that that was the remedy. That was the prescription. When you lose God's blessings and God brings judgment, you repent. You take responsibility. And that cycle goes over and over and over and over through the Old Testament. And in most cases, in time, when things got bad enough, God's people repented and returned. You would think that mainline Protestant Christian 
churches and denominations after they have seen a steady decline every single year for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, a couple of them for 70 years or more every single year. I mean, without exception, decline, 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 because they have departed from God's word, God's will, and God removes his hand of blessing. And you would think that sooner or later they would do what the the children of Israel in the Old Testament did. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's us. Maybe we need to repent. Uh, it has not happened. They continue to go farther and farther into heresy and apostasy and farther and farther away from the God who was blessing them. And uh, I don't know of any of the mainline Protestant denominations that are having any discussions about repentance, a return to biblical truth, admitting, you know, it's because we have disobeyed God that we are declining. Now, they come up with um, promotional campaigns, advertising campaigns, and they become more liberal. Well, the latest is the Church of England. Yeah, hang on. Wait till you hear what they're doing when we come back. Today's news, God's Word, and your thoughts. This is Bob Bernie Live. I continue to emphasize the importance of world view. Few things more important than world view. And I suppose we could break down worldview into dozens of different categories, but ultimately it breaks down into basically two categories. There is a biblical worldview and there is a secular humanist worldview. Now you would think that all Christian churches would have a biblical worldview. And no. Not so. In fact, I would say that most churches that call themselves Christian have the same worldview that an atheist has, basically. And why do I say that? A biblical worldview begins with creation. God created. Well, now, the liberals don't believe in a literal creation. They believe that uh, evolution, they may believe in a a uh, divine uh, evolution, theistic evolution that God started the process, but but they believe they don't believe in a literal creation as recorded in the book of Genesis. Uh, we just came about. Well, that's what an atheist believes. The uh, liberal Christian says, "Well, God had a hand in it, but the way man came about is the same as an atheist." Uh, a biblical worldview begins with the creation by God, 
followed by the fall in the Garden of Eden and the curse and the fallen nature of man and the curse on this earth. All right? So a biblical worldview begins with God, creation, and uh, moves pretty quickly to the fact that man is fallen and has a fallen nature, and it is natural and normal for man to sin rather than do good. The secular humanist worldview rejects that completely and says man is inherently good. All men, all women are good. Uh, The only reason they would ever do anything bad is the circumstances around them, and then you just need to put them in the right circumstances, give them encouragement, and, of course, love. And if you give them enough love and encouragement, then they're going to do good things because they are, at their very root, good. That's what an atheist believes. That's what a liberal Christian believes. Uh, And then you can get on into all of the nuances of the different worldviews. But ultimately, when you look at the difference between the two worldviews, a biblical worldview begins with God creating man in his image, and man is created for God's enjoyment and fellowship. We exist for God And God created us in his image, and because of that, he is God, and we're not. A secular humanist worldview, if they believe in God at all, says, well, God exists for our benefit. He is there for our benefit, to do whatever we want him to do, whatever we tell him to do. And... uh, If you pray, you pray and just expect God to do whatever you want him to do. So in other words, God exists for your purpose. In essence, you are believing that God is created in your image. God is whoever you think he is and whoever you think he should be. And uh, if you believe that God is just gracious and loving and not just, well, then that's the God you serve. So literally, you are creating a God in your image for your benefit to please you. Which brings me to the Church of England. Here is the headline, Church of England might give God... Gender-neutral pronouns. Yeah, they're, uh, <clears throat> they're going to change the gender of God because they don't like a God that is portrayed as male. They don't like that. They, why? Well, we, we just don't like it. It uh, trivializes women. It discriminates against women. And uh, it's just not something that we like and we're comfortable with. So are you, are you with me, folks? If God is uncomfortable, you change God. It's not that God changes us, it's we change God. And that's exactly what's happening in the Church of England. 
Let me read the story. And by the way, this is out of the New York Post. The Church of England is considering scrapping centuries of religious teaching to give God gender-neutral pronouns. The church, which is headed by King Charles III—and by the way, he's a flaming liberal, much, much more liberal than his mama was—the uh, church, which is headed by King Charles III, confirmed that its liturgical commission— has launched a special project to examine updating future teachings about God. Now get this. Think of the arrogance of this. Instead of getting together and having a meeting and say, uh, what does God say about himself? What has God revealed to us about himself? Let's find what God wants us to believe. No, 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 no. They're meeting together and saying, you know, we're uh, kind of uncomfortable the way uh, God reveals himself in the Bible. So we may just change the Bible to have a God that we're more comfortable with. Talk about the absolute epitome of arrogance. We are going to determine how we refer to God. Quote, some priests have already made changes, trading references to he and him for simply God, or even they and them, and rewriting our Father that starts the Lord's Prayer to our Father and Mother. Uh, now, is, what the, is that what the Bible says? No, no, no. See, when you reject the plenary verbal inspiration of Scripture, which is the technical term, when you reject that the Bible is the inspired, infallible, and inerrant Word of God, when you reject that, that God wrote the Bible exactly the way He wanted it to read, when you reject that then you become the authority. You literally become God. And you can rewrite the Bible in a way that you are comfortable with. That is what's happening in the Church of England. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.